What you are about to listen to could be dangerous for anyone wishing to live a normal, safe life at the end of a cheesy cul-de-sac. Back to Jerusalem podcasts are not made in sterile recording studios with professional DD DJs, but instead behind enemy lines with horrible acoustics, bad internet connections, and suspicious-looking coffee. Listening to Back to Jerusalem podcasts could include unwanted side effects like selling your house, leaving your boring job, and uncontrollable desires to speak strange foreign languages. So buckle up, strap in, and hold on, because this is Fast Train, baby, to all those places your mother warned you about. And now, for your host, the man known for having a radio face, Eugene Bach, coming to you live on delay in 5, 4, 3, 2... Hello and welcome back to a Back to Jerusalem podcast. This is Eugene Bach and I am coming to you live from somewhere within the borders of China. Today I'm in a city called Wuhan. Uh, Wuhan is a pretty populated city down the eastern part of China. And it is one of those cities that you might not have heard about, but again, it's it's one of those multi-million people cities, which would be big in any other country, but in China just kind of gets swallowed up because most of the cities in China have several million people. Wuhan is one of those same type of cities. The reason why I'm doing a podcast from Wuhan today is because I just had an amazing time. Uh, To be honest, I'm actually quite flattered uh, about what just happened. Basically, um, if you go onto the internet and you look up Chinese underground house church networks, the number one network that pops up is called the China Gospel Fellowship. Now, China Gospel Fellowship was started by a pastor by the name of Pastor Shen. Uh, pastor Shen is very well known, maybe not as his name, but his network is very well known, mainly outside of China. It's probably the most well-known underground house church network outside of China. Most people that talk about the underground house church fellowship inside of China will often talk about China Gospel Fellowship. Now, the Heavenly Man is probably the most widely sold book ever sold on the subject of China. Inside of China, Zhong Rongliang, or the pastor that we have written I Stand With Christ about, he is probably the most well-known underground house church pastor in all of China, but known mainly by the Chinese. We're hoping that's changing now that we have our new book out called I Stand With Christ. Now, if you haven't read that book, you can go to the website right now and buy that book. I would, I'm biased, of course, but I would highly recommend it. I would highly recommend that you buy that book because that book will, just by going through the story of Zhang Rongliang, Pastor Zhang, Just by going through that story, you will find out some amazing things and details about the underground house church in China, why they grew, how they started, why they continue to grow, why they are having the world's largest revival. And that should be a question. That should be a question that we ask ourselves. Why is China having the world's largest revival? Is there something we can learn from that? And it didn't just happen as you know a fluke. It didn't happen as a freak of nature over a period of a year or two years. 
it's still happening today. It's one of the most, it's one of the longest sustained revivals that we, we really know about in history. I mean, it's not just that they had an ex- an explosion in the 1980s, which they did. They didn't just have an explosion in the 1990s, which they did. They didn't just have an explosion in the early 2000s, which they did. They are still having revival. And I'm using this term revival mainly to identify a group of people or an area that are becoming Christian at a very fast rate in a very concentrated way. That's what's happening in China. Well, how can you have so many people come to Christ in a very short amount of time in a concentrated way? Well, in China, you have so many dense populations, uh, so many people to reach. I mean, you have 1.3 to 1.5 billion people. Basically, that calculates that if you had 1 billion people, 1 billion that up and left the earth and went to Jupiter, you would still have 0.3 to 0.5 billion, which would make China second, the second most populated country in the world. That's second most populated country in the world if you remove a billion people. Second most populated country in the world, second only to India and still more populated than the U.S. They don't even know how many people they have in China because so many people have been born without birth certificates. And the reason they didn't have birth certificates is because there was a one-child policy that has been in place for a very long time uh, throughout from – what I would say the 1950s, 60s, you know, when Mao Zedong started to – put in a lot of different policies. One of those policies that ended up coming out of his rule was the one-child policy. And the one-child policy was because too many people were having too many kids. I mean, that's why you have such a large population. So you had this uh, one-child policy that was put in place, put in place here in China. And even with the one-child policy, they are still the most populated country in the world, 1.3 to 1.5. That means that they don't even know where 200, 300,000 or 300 million, I'm sorry, not even 300,000, uh, 300 million people are. They don't even know if those people exist or not. 300 million, that's, that's about the population of the United States. So their population is 1.3, give or take an America or two. And that's, that's a conservative number. Most people think that it could be half, another half a billion people that are living in China, and the Chinese don't know about it just because it's never been reported. I have very good friends that have more than one child, and they haven't registered either of their children because they don't want to pay the fine, which is usually equal to one or two years of a salary. So let's, think, let's say that you make forty, fifty thousand U.S. dollars a year. If you were found to have more than the number of children that you were allowed, uh, let's say that you had one child extra, so you're allowed to have one, but you have two, you'd be fined about $100,000, about. So a lot of people can't afford that. Obviously, if you were fined $100,000 and you only made 50000 a year, that would be two years of salary before you pay for your house, your car, your bills, your food, whatever. It would take a very long time for you to pay that, but you would have to pay it right away or face jail time. Oftentimes, uh, in the in the past and it is continuing to today, you can go onto YouTube and find congressional hearings that are taking place in the United States where 
women who were forced to either watch or participate in the killing of their child after the birth. After the birth. So there's a lot of people here. Those people are coming to Christ in large numbers and continue to do so. Some say as many as one million per month. Now one of the main players in this has been the China Gospel Fellowship. And the China Gospel Fellowship with Pastor Shen has worked with foreign organizations around the world. So there's a lot of foreign organizations that know about China Gospel Fellowship. And because they know about China Gospel Fellowship, they have reported about them in their stories. So you can find them, you know, in Christianity Today news reports. You can find them whenever certain leaders are in prison. You can sometimes find on CNN, Fox News, BBC, especially when there was a group called Eastern Lightning, which is a cult here in China. Um, that was uh, really strong, I would say, stronger 10 years ago than they are today. There there seems to be a weakening. I, I, I don't hear too much about them today, um, but I did hear about them a lot about 10 years ago. This China East, or I'm sorry, the, this uh, Eastern Lightning cult is a cult that basically says that Jesus has reincarnated and today, um, Jesus is a woman uh, li- from China living uh, – she now lives in the U.S. And what they would do is they would infiltrate into Bible studies, underground home church Bible studies, and basically hijack them with uh, teaching about this reincarnation of Jesus. It was this heresy that was being pushed in a very militant way, very violent way. So – Pastor Shen was one of the top leaders uh, – he is the main pastor actually, the, the top leader for the most well-known underground house church network in China called China Gospel Fellowship. Well, at one point, uh, the China, the, this eastern lightning cult in China felt that as a strategy, one of the things that they could do is kidnap this top leader, take him – brainwash him, and then basically lead their entire network down their path. This is no joke. This is this is exactly what they planned to do. So what they did is they started up a fake training program. I mean, this was elaborate. They started up a – if you are familiar with John Haggai, I think it's Haggai. It's a Haggai Institute. So there's a, there's a pastor, Hagee. I might be saying his name wrong um, – this is not the same person. There's the Haggai Institute. Uh, and the Haggai Institute, I, I've worked with a friend uh, who was one of their main AV instructors in Singapore. I know one of their main schools in, in Singapore. And they teach leadership mainly to world leaders. So they bring in uh, world leaders from around the world, some of them even presidents of different countries. And then they give them this biblically-based leadership training. And it's a, it's a very solid training. I've, I've only had light exposure to it, but what I have been exposed to I thought was really, really phenomenal. So what happened was Eastern Lightning, this cult, they came together. They put together this elaborate plan to put uh, a training in China and then invite leaders, including Pastor Shen, who's the pastor of the China Gospel Fellowship. Now get this. Once they got the leadership there, including Pastor Shen, this Eastern Lightning cult, they kidnapped all of those leaders there. 
kept them in captivity for a, a pretty long time. And they uh, beat them, they isolated them, they starved them, they, they began to do like psychological warfare on them. They, they would bring in like naked girls to the male leadership and try to get them to sleep together so that they could get deep into their psyche and, and also use these kind of things against them as like a blackmail. I mean, it was really, really bad. And Pastor Shen was in this captivity for quite a while before he was able to get out. Now, I'm not going to tell you all the details about it because of what happened today. I was with Pastor Shen today. And I really felt honored because he basically said, Eugene, I want to tell my story. I want to tell what God has done in my life and what he's done for China Gospel Fellowship. How China Gospel Fellowship was formed in the early days and how they have moved to become one of the most powerful underground house church networks in all of China. And not just an underground house church. You see, there's something that's taking place in China today where there's a transformation where churches are starting to register. Some are not, some are. One of them that are registering is China Gospel Fellowship. And Pastor Shen is leading the way. So we are invited to come alongside of him, document that underground house church revivals from the very beginning, from the intense persecution till today. Today, I went to their church. Their church was actually in a this big, beautiful building in downtown Wuhan, where I'm at right now. And they have basically reserved half of a floor in this skyscraper, and that's where they run church service. It's uh, it's not a very big facility, but I guess it, it provides what they need. It's about, I would say, you can fit about 200 people uh, in their church, and they run three services on every Sunday, so maybe 600 people on a on a on a given Sunday, 600 to a thousand, depending on how many services they have. I guess it is um, it is their focus, and just one of their churches. I mean, they have many churches, but that one is not exactly registered, but it's not exactly not. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. It's not registered with the government in the way that, you know, they have a document that's been stamped or approved uh, by the government, but the government knows about it, and they haven't shut it down, and they run quite open. And Pastor Shin's feeling is, we are tired of running. We are tired of hiding. We are tired of, we're tired of being tired. And we are ready to stand up and be a light, an open light for society. Now, the other churches that don't want to register, they also feel the same. So it's not like they are hiding. It's not like they are running from the people. The people, they are very much a light to the area around them. So there can be a misunderstanding to that if you're registered, then you have to um, uh, submit to certain things to the government. And if you're not registered, well, then you're denying who you are. Well, I mean, in the very first 300 years, anybody that does the Back to Jerusalem Bible study, which we hope to have out by the end of this year, beginning of next year, you will see that for the th first 300 years of church history, churches 
were underground. They were house churches. They were persecuted by the government. They had, they had secret signs that they shared with one another. So what I have enjoyed about being here in China is that we are basically walking in the very footsteps of the first century church. By, I mean, you can't go back to those days, obviously, under the Roman Empire. But here in China, I'm at least able to see a modern translation of the first century church. And I believe that is also what has led to the revivals. That's what's led to really a complete transformation of China itself. However, the churches from the first century that were persecuted ended up becoming the governments of the fourth century. Yeah, I was. I mean, right now, what we're we're seeing in a lifetime in China, what took you know a couple hundred years to realize in Europe, Asia, and Africa. Now, today, Asia, Africa, or parts of Asia, uh, the Middle East, places like Egypt, Iran, Iraq, are now considered to be Muslim. You know, they've always been Muslim. They're they're culturally Muslim. Baloney. They're not. They haven't always been Muslim. They were actually Christian. That's where the Church of the East was. Those those were areas that were completely transformed. Actually, I'm writing a, a book about the genocide and that took that took place or is still taking place in Iraq. That took place 2014, 15, and, and this year, 2016, where we're seeing the largest attack on Christians in our lifetime. And a lot of people, when they look at that area of, of northern Iraq, the Mesopotamia, ancient Mesopotamia, they say, well, you know, that their, their culture, their heritage is Islam. No, it's actually not. Christianity was there six, seven hundred years before Islam was even thought about. You had missionaries being sent out of the northern area of Mesopotamia. And there was a kingdom where the base was in a place called Edessa. Where Jude, the author of the book of Jude, went with Thomas and Bartholomew. Went and preached the gospel in northern Mesopotamia. And actually it's talked about in the book of First Peter and, and uh, Peter's letter when he refers to the church in Babylon. A direct reference to the church that was planted by St. Thomas and St. or the Apostle Jude. Which was half brother of Jesus. Half brother or full brother of James, half brother of Jesus. So... You actually have churches that were not just standing and were effective. They were started by the disciples, by the apostles that followed after Jesus. They heard the Great Commission come from the lips of Jesus Christ himself. And they took the message in its purity to, the, to those very people. And that first century church, the persecution that they experienced led to a complete transformation that is very similar to what we are seeing in China today. And Pastor Shen said, I want to tell my story. I feel honored. In case you didn't, in case you heard this sound, that's, that's me touching my chest because I, I, I really do feel very, very honored and, and, and unworthy. I mean, I'm not an author. I, there's books that 
I've written, but they've they've been written mainly because certain individuals have come as, beside me and been able to help write these books. Uh, from the very first ones that I've written, I couldn't have written them without friends that are able to take my horrible English skills and make them a lot more readable. Um, my wife, who speaks five languages, English is her third language, speaks better English than me. My emails are absolutely horrendous. I mean, uh, grammar, spelling, I don't know what I would do without spell check. I really don't. So when I try to write, or I, I mean, uh, elementary level at best, and people like, um, I had a, a really good friend named Aaron. Uh, Aaron is working now in, in northern China. Really good brother. He helped me in the very beginning to kind of shape a lot of the ideas. I'll take my voice out and and put like a, a flow to the words that were uh, written on paper so that the reader would have a much more enjoyable experience, which I guarantee would not be the case if it was just me writing in my raw format. And then we had people like Stone. Stone who filmed a lot of the stuff that we did so that I could go back to the recordings in order to get the information as close to being accurate as possible. And then we have great people at Whitaker House. Uh, Whitaker House, I believe it's WhitakerHouse.com. They're an amazing publishing group. They're not just a uh, if if you don't if you don't know much about the Christian publishing industry, I can tell you that Whitaker House is probably one of the better ones out there when it comes to Christian organizations. They have really been an amazing team. Bob Whitaker, who is the director of uh, Whitaker house and is also the director of, or uh, I know that anchor is together with, with, um, Whitaker house. They're basically the same company. Basically what Bob told me was that when they first started, it was his father who found certain Christian books just to be so touching and moving that he would buy extras so that he can give them out to friends. And when he would read a book that inspired him, he would, give it out to more people, kind of almost like a ministry. But then he found out that if he bought in bulk, he could actually get cheaper. So he would buy in bulk and fill up his garage. So Whitaker House started off literally Whitaker's house, Bob Whitaker's house. That's how they started off as a publishing company. But in the early days, before Google, people would go to the Yellow Pages to look up services, and they wanted to be at the front of the services. So they started at another company called Anchor, which is the same company, but they just wanted to be in the A's. They have a team of editors. Uh, one of them is Lois. Uh, she has really, I mean, the things that I sent to her in, in the books, they're, they're quite embarrassing. I mean, they're really embarrassing that they, the, the things that I write <laughs> come from the penmanship of an adult that should have, you know, supposedly graduated with a master's degree. But honestly, this is the things that she's, that she does. I, I'm pretty embarrassed to send to anybody, but once I have people that I can trust, people like Lois at Whitaker House, I know that they are graceful. Um, they are nice, <laughs> which means that they're not too mean to me. Like they, they will go through and they, I know that they see all of the crap that's in there, the crapola that basically I package up and give to them and they take it 
and in a very nice, graceful, grace-giving way, they rewrite some of the stuff. You know, tell it in a way that is more enjoyable for the audience. So when you, as a as a supporter of B to J, go and buy the books, my name is on the book, but really there is such a a, a great team that is there that props me up that you actually get such an amazing story being told that you're able to read and enjoy and get into not because I'm a gifted writer in any way actually it's the opposite but you have very gifted individuals that are able to dive in tear these things apart and 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 tell the story in a way that is captivating and moving and I believe also being used by the Holy Spirit so that when you read the book, you're not just reading about a story, but you're being touched in your life from what these people do. And one of those is Pastor Shen and the amazing story of how one of the most influential churches in China and quite possibly the world was started. And that book, we are now starting the journey of. Now, the last time I wrote a biography like this, it took me two years. I'm hoping that it will not take me two years to write this one. But I can tell you that I am excited and at the same time humbled that I'm able to work together with such an amazing man of God that before I sit down and start writing any time, Every time I sit down and I begin to write, I'm going to be praying and be writing each sentence with fear because the burden is so heavy to tell this story correctly because God has given this church as well as this pastor a phenomenal testimony. And I think you're going to be blessed, not because we're writing it, but because he lived it and he lived it not just so that the church in China could grow, but maybe so that others can also read and learn from this story. I hope that you're one of those people. So stay with us on backtojerusalem.com. Keep your eyes out for the new books that we'll be coming out with. But just, just to give you an idea of what we'll be coming out with in the next year. Uh, for uh, the in the last twelve months, we 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 printed a couple books that you might not be aware of. First one was ISIS. That one came out um, almost one year ago. It was about eleven months ago. I, the book of the ISIS book came out. If you go to backtojerusalem.com, you will find our book on ISIS, which tells you the story about this terrorist group from a Christian perspective and how we are actually going into the heart of darkness to reach them. Um, the second book is I Stand with Christ, which is the true story about an underground house church pastor who used to be one of the top members of a communist party in his area and then had to make the decision between communism and Christ. And that story will absolutely fascinate you. The uh, book that we came out with just a few months ago is called Jesus in Iran. This one is probably the only book that I know of that actually talks about the things that are taking place inside of Iran today uh, with the underground house church and what the Chinese are doing to share the gospel in Iran. And then at, right at Christmas, 
We came out with a book. We didn't exactly get it out in time. It will be available this year for those that would like to get it for a Christmas gift, which is called Christmas in China. And it's some amazing stories, mainly by the Heavenly Man and Brother Yun, as well as other members from the Underground House Church to talk about why Christmas in China is different what makes it special? What if you took away all the wrappings, all of the trappings, all of the the chestnuts roasting on an open fire, the the uh, Santa Claus, the Christmas tree, the reindeer? If you strip Western Christmases away from, uh, strip all those things away from Christmas in the West, what would you have? Basically, that's what we have in China, Christmas in China, and, and you will be amazed at, for, uh, for instance, Brother Yun talks about his first Christmas in prison and how that went. We talk about pastors who actually were involved in making Christmas lights from prison. Prison oftentimes uses a slave-type labor to create things for the West, one of those things being um, Christmas lights. And now we have other books that we plan to come out with. One is an eight-part DVD series along with a study guide, which is uh, uh, basically um, following the gospel, following revival as it leaves uh, from the Mount of Olives and goes westward around the world. That one hopefully be out by the end of this year. Uh, another book is about genocide. The genocide is taking place inside of Iraq. That one will be out hopefully this year. Another one has already been printed in Swedish, but we plan to pull it out this year in English. Uh, English for the first time is an amazing story about a Back to Jerusalem missionary who became a missionary in North Korea. She has an amazing story. She went to prison in North Korea, miraculously was able to get out, went to a female prison in China, miraculously was able to get out, and then a mercenary was sent to take her life from North Korea, search her down in China to kill her, but she was able to escape. We tell her entire story. It's an amazing story. You will love that one. And um, then we have another book that should be out next year. Have another book that should be out next year about marriage in China. And it is a, a book that will completely change your idea about marriage and dating. I promise you. The way that it takes place in China with the underground house church and marriages and relationships are nothing like you've ever read about before except for maybe in the Bible because there's a lot of things that are actually very, very similar. So those things will be coming out with soon. Those are four books, uh, four old books that we came out with in the last couple months and four new books that we will be coming out with very shortly. And then hopefully uh, next year, this book on Pastor Shen. So thank you guys for supporting us. We are trying to provide materials that will mark history forever until Jesus comes back again. May God bless you. May you be enriched by these podcasts. Again, this is Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of China. God bless you. My name is Jung, and I am an unashamed follower of Jesus Christ. It is considered quite dangerous for me to share the contents of this book, but these are stories that need to be told for God's glory and the encouragement of the church. So begins the extraordinary first-person account of a prominent leader of one of the largest underground churches 
in China. This dramatic true story is told in Back to Jerusalem's latest book, I Stand with Christ by Eugene Bach. I Stand with Christ is a detailed account about a former Communist Party member who took a stand for his faith in Jesus and was targeted for prison, work camps, and torture. See how he goes from the prison cell of China's maximum security prison to leading one of the largest underground house churches of 10 million believers. Be amazed at this true story of suffering, sacrifice, and triumph. I Stand With Christ is available at www.backtojerusalem.com or where books are sold. There's a simple way for us to help ISIS victims. Drink tea. It's that simple. By drinking a cup of Back to Jerusalem Chinese tea, you will bring hope to the refugees displaced by ISIS. It is a healthy way to make a difference. So invite friends and family to your home for a Bible study around a warm pot of organic Chinese tea. Does your church have a cafe? Add Back to Jerusalem tea to the menu. All profits go to help ISIS victims in Iraq and Syria.